Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the show this week. It's been a hot minute since I've been here behind the mic alone, and it feels kind of strange at this stage, but I'm not really here alone, am I? You guys feel so much like family to me now, and I've interacted with so many of you one-on-one that I just think of your faces and smile while I'm writing and recording these episodes. So. I thought it was time to do a solo show for you guys on a really important topic that I get asked about all the time. Etsy shop suspensions. (laughs) Cue the sinister music. (laughs) Okay, so you know, when I got started on Etsy, the platform was a lot smaller, right? It was simpler than it is today. So we didn't hear about suspensions a ton. But now it's a very common thing to hear when new shops are getting launched. And I really want to help you guys prevent this altogether if we can, or at least help you to get your shop out of the doghouse if something does happen. Yes, there's hope. (laughs) So we need to talk about some really dangerous things that I'm seeing a lot of new sellers do that can get you in a whole heap of legal trouble, like far worse than a shop suspension. So I'm going to do my best to make this... (laughs) as interesting and painless as possible. I know it's not as fun and sexy as like an Etsy success story. We'll do lots more of those, don't worry. But this is so, so important. And I want to protect you guys as much as I possibly can. A couple of just necessary disclaimers. I want to be fair and transparent with you before we get started. So first of all, I am not qualified to give you the actual legal advice. And you shouldn't interpret this discussion today and what I share on this podcast to be legal advice. Um, Etsy also hasn't commented on this. So I want to be upfront about that. Although I have linked their article about shop suspensions in the show notes for you. And I just, I want to tell you, I guarantee I've probably missed stuff here. There's nowhere where it's all just compiled um, on the internet. And I think Etsy keeps some of it close to the vest, but I did my best to research this whole topic and see what the most common issues are. So this is my like my best effort to give you some insight into why suspensions happen, especially at the frequency we're seeing them for new shops, and some ways that you can hopefully get your shop back if it does get suspended. It doesn't necessarily mean you've done something wrong. So including, I have an email address and a phone number for Etsy corporate, which is so hard to find, right? So listen for those, or you can grab them down in the show, show notes right away if you, um, if you need them uh, with any urgency. So let's start with why this is even a topic of discussion. I do think that's a, a great place to start because I know there's a lot of confusion and this is the problem with the internet and mixed messages out there. I want to clear the air. So the background is that in 2020, <laughs> When the pandemic hit and people were quarantined in their homes, Etsy experienced like explosive growth. 
it makes a lot of sense, right? If you like kind of think about it, tons of people needed to create more income like right away. Others were looking for creative outlets or community or new possibilities, right? It was just the year of all years. And I actually think this whole, like altogether, this growth has been a great thing because while Etsy was growing in sellers, it also grew exponentially in shoppers too. My personal Etsy sales were the highest they had ever been from like mid-March of 2020 through May. And I was so exhausted. I mean, I do this anyway, but I was so ready. I put my shop on vacation mode for the summer. I have no reason to believe it wouldn't have continued. I mean, when we turned it back on late fall, it was still going like gangbusters. So Etsy just exploded all together. And you can imagine, you know, anytime there's a huge crowd <laughs> doing anything, like there's the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Which means... There were tons of new, amazing, and talented artists and lovely shoppers coming to the platform. And there were also, I'd imagine, an unprecedented amount of spam. <laughs> Spammers, copycats, stealing stuff, Karen customers, and just like various troublemakers, right? So one thing I totally love about Etsy, this is something I am a big fan of, is that they are careful to maintain really high community standards. And it makes me feel protected as an artist and a shopper and a seller myself. It really does. And it just creates a really nice environment when it works well. So I like to think of it like this. Like, just think of the best possible HOA, Homeowners Association. They let you have creative liberty, right? They're not, they're not up your rear about everything. You can have freedom in your space. But if you're doing something dangerous or destructive or frustrating for your neighbors, they step in and they want to help maintain the well-being um, of the neighborhood, the property values of the neighborhood. And that is, in my mind, the purpose of Etsy's community guidelines. So in response to this swell of new characters joining the Etsy family, and also, you know, just think of this, like, we're talking peak COVID lockdown, y'all, and, and the months that followed. So we can only imagine what it was like at Etsy, Etsy headquarters for their workforce as they're figuring out work from home like the rest of us for the first time, navigating people or their families being sick, all of these new factors to juggle. I mean, it was a lot, right? We can give them some grace. I mean, for all of us, it was a lot. They absolutely had to automate some of this community management um, if they were going to have a chance of keeping up. <laughs> so, so what Etsy did is they developed bots, B-O-T-S bots, which are automated systems that scan for suspicious activities or violations to protect the safety and security of our precious Etsy marketplace. And the reality is that as an automated system, they make mistakes. They are not a human looking at the, like the layers of intention, right? They flag stuff that isn't really a violation at times. But the good news is those situations are pretty easy to resolve, genuinely. And we're going to talk about how in just a little bit. I'm going to hold your hand here through this podcast. So this totally explains, though, why newer shops are having issues with suspensions and warnings that, you know, five to six years ago, we just, did, we just didn't see it. So I found in my research that there appear to be eight main reasons why Etsy shops get suspended. The first three we're going to talk about are largely bot related, and the rest are more due to operations and the way the seller conducts business. So let's dive in. Number one is the most common and most dangerous reason that Etsy shops get suspended. And I kind of want to put a caveat. I, I think this is bot related for sure, because some of it is in the keywords, but I think this is also, it's just something Etsy cracks down on anyway. And that is trademark violations or copyright infringement. 
like many of us genuinely have made this mistake before, myself included. I have a couple of stories for you. So if this is you and you, you're here, you hear this part and you go, oh my gosh, I have made this mistake. Don't beat yourself up. Just fix the mistake. Like get it straight as, you know, ASAP or pivot your shop if need be. You know, I think, um, genuinely like what describes integrity in my mind is once you become aware of something that is questionable, you want to make it right. Your heart is to make it right. It doesn't mean that we're perfect all the time. Okay. So let's start by clearing the air on what the difference is between a copyright um, and a, a trademark. A copyright is something that a creator can claim for an original work. And these can be hard to protect and prove. Um, you definitely need to work with a lawyer to get a copyright. A trademark is a picture, word, logo, design, or phrase that someone has registered with the government. Don't necessarily need a lawyer. It's easy to prove or disprove that it exists because there's an active document that you can find that shows you. I am going to include below a YouTube video in the show notes of how you can do a trademark search, okay, using Google and a site called USPTO.gov. And that way you can make sure that something you're trying to use in your Etsy shop isn't trademarked. Um, it's not the most user-friendly. So if you want to take a look at the video I put together, again, this is not legal advice, but I've done my best to kind of show you what I do, and hopefully that will help. And honestly... I was shocked by how many things are trademarked. Like for for instance, you can't put the word mama, like M-A-M-A, -A, on clothing. You're going to violate, it, it's currently trademarked. <laughs> a few others are onesie, maybe a little less surprising, but Gerber has a trademark on the word onesie. Peloton, spinning, which isn't that just a sport? Someone owns the rights to the word spinning. CrossFit, Mom so hard, you know that phrase we'll see on t-shirts, happy camper. There are so many, you guys. My eyes have been really open to this, especially recently. So please, please, please be careful. Eventually, some of these things kind of graduate to common use, but it does take time. Um, and perhaps we'll be able to use them down the road. But for right now, more things than you'd expect are trademarked. And you want to be careful because you can get in trouble. So also you can't just get in trouble if you put the trademark thing on a product. You can actually also get flagged on Etsy for just having it in your listing titles and descriptions. Like your use of that word in your titles could get you flagged. So, okay, story time. <laughs> in the first couple of years of my shop, I did not know all of this stuff. Um, I, I kind of get the sense it's maybe gotten more intense, but that could totally be my own delusion. Like I knew, I knew don't try to sell a knockoff Winnie the Pooh doll or like an Elsa on Etsy. That's clearly not my, my property to sell. But since I was hand making my signs, I, I thought I could put whatever phrase I came up with on my pieces, you know, for the most part. So around that time, there was a reboot of a show called Gilmore Girls which I am obsessed with. I've always been obsessed with it. Um, shout out to my Gilmore Girls fans. My daughter is named Lorelai, <laughs> which will totally entertain any of you who've watched the show. So this was a big stinking deal for me at the time. And to celebrate the reboot, I came out with a line of signs in my Etsy shop that featured a bunch of like the iconic fan favorite quotes from the show. It's a smaller show. You know, this isn't like Friends or The Office, but still, this is a pop culture show. And they were super cute. Um, my signs sold like hotcakes. Like, in fact, I had a sign with a quote. This was like a banter piece from the show. One person said um, to the main character, do you like coffee? And she goes, only with my oxygen. 
So, I mean, can you relate? I can relate. So, so I had a sign that said, do you like coffee only with my oxygen, which was just a beloved classic dialogue from the show. And that sign was so popular. It was so cute. I'm actually really proud of that piece minus hello trademark violation, but it ended up being featured on Huffington Post and Buzzfeed. You like, you can't even imagine y'all. I was bananas. I was so excited and I sold a ton of them like genuinely. So um, naturally daddy's girl over here. I call it my dad because I'm a hundred percent sure he's going to be so proud of me being featured on Huffington Post and BuzzFeed. Um, and he was, but then he asked me how I got around violating the trademark. And I thought I was going to throw up, you guys. <laughs> I was like, uh, but everyone else does this all the time. You know, I see these, I see stuff all the time. And my dad is like the ultimate rule follower and risk avoider, which I mean, I actually am too, but he's, I think, to even more of an extreme. And he said, I am sure people do it, but they won't get away with it forever. And you could get sued for this, including all the money that you've made using their phrases so far. So heart crushed. I was so bummed y'all, but he knocked sense into me and I took them all down right away. I was like happy to leave anything on the table because I, I just can't take that kind of a risk. Um, I told anyone else who inquired that I wasn't making them anymore and praise the Lord. I never heard anything from anyone. I didn't get into trouble. Um, but I learned my lesson and I looked at things a little bit differently for, for the most part, I did make another mistake, which I'll tell you in a minute, but there are a few lessons in there. So thank you, Bill. That's my dad's name. And he's quite famous amongst my sister's friends and my friends for his one-liners. He's a piece of work and we adore him. But we just were always like, thanks, Bill. So number one, just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's a good idea. Where have I heard this before? Um, but the truth is with this, you know, you'll see all over Etsy and it feels like we should be able to get away with it because there are tons of other people selling stuff. But no one gets away with it forever. And even if they do for a long while, and it seems like this isn't fair, they're making all this money on it, they can end up having to pay the trademark owner for all the money they made on it. Like they could get massively sued. So it's just for me, it's not a risk I'm willing to take. And that's why I'm telling you about this. So number two, I think it's a really good tip to check for trademarks before you sell anything. Like anything pop culture is a really common mistake and it's going to be trademarked. So movies, TV shows, brands, music, um, people's names, like the likeness of a character, you know, using the way something or someone looks, logos, sports teams, like hopefully you kind of get the idea. And I know it's a bummer because these things sell so well, but like, you're literally stealing and making money off of someone else's work, which is like an integrity issue, right? And um, you can get in massive trouble for doing it. So, so let's chat a bit about what can happen. Typically, if you're a new shop and you get caught for something like this or flagged by a bot, what I'm hearing is they'll just deactivate your listing and you'll get a warning, like a slap on the, the wrist, like this was trademarked, you can't use this. Um, or you might get a message from the trademark owner, like a DM sending you a cease and desist warning. This actually happened to me, another um, hello rookie move I made um, several years ago. I had, a, I had a printable shop in addition to my sign shop and I sold stuff for wedding and wedding showers, baby showers, weddings. Uh, and a customer asked me if I could create a principle for them that said, count like how many Legos are in the jar. You know, one of those baby shower games where you put a bunch of Legos in the jar and there's like a competition, right? So I sold that to her, no problem. She wanted it to match the other things she'd bought from me. And then I went ahead and listed it in my shop because if she wanted it, most likely other shoppers would too. Like note to file, like do that with your listings. When you get someone, do someone does a custom, a lot of times you can sell it to other people too. Um, 
And it did not take long at all for Lego's legal department to message me a cease and desist. And if I remember correctly, the listing was deactivated by Etsy too. It was terrifying. <laughs> and um, my shop didn't get shut down though, but it just didn't even occur to me, you know, like sometimes these things feel so everyday. Legos feel so everyday to me in our culture that we don't remember their actual companies or trademarked words. Um, there are times when this escalates beyond just a deactivated listing though, and it will cause a shop suspension, especially, you know, we see this, especially if you have a large quantity of your shop that contains trademark violations. So, um, if you literally have a shop full of swag for some TV show that everyone loves, like, you know, Shit's Creek or something, you could get in massive trouble for that. And you're more likely to lose your whole shop because you've got several that are violating. And the other thing you need to know about that too, is that once you get your shop deactivated, you actually, you can't start another one. Like they basically flag your IP address then. So you can't shop on it. So you can't start another shop. It's like, you, it's not just like, oh, slap on the wrist. I'll try again. Um, it's, it's just trickier than that. So Etsy takes this really seriously because they don't also want to, you know, be legally responsible. And like I said, like the bots are flagging the newer shops the most. Um, they're the ones that they're scanning the most and they're just not squeezing through like they once did. So this can also um, result in getting suspended if you have repeated violations. For example, if they deactivate a listing and you keep relisting it um, and they, when they when they've taken it down and warned you about it, that's you're getting closer to a suspension. And of course, as discussed, you know, you can end up with legal issues in the end as well. So just, just don't play in the sandbox. Just don't find a new sandbox. <laughs> that's my advice to you. So, okay, that's a wrap for this section. Okay, if you guys have been listening to me for more than 20 minutes, you've probably heard me talk about the three most important components of a successful Etsy shop. So number one, a product that people are actually searching for and buying right now. Number two, beautiful product photos that stand out in the search results. And number three, your SEO or keywords, which really simply just means your Etsy listings need to include the exact same phrases that your shoppers are searching for up there in that Etsy search bar. In fact, even if shoppers are buying your product like gangbusters from other shops and your pictures are like the quality to be on the cover of a magazine, if you don't have your SEO nailed and those perfect word phrases all throughout your Etsy listings, shoppers will literally never find you. So wait, 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 don't feel discouraged. I've got you. I want to let you in on my secret weapon for SEO on Etsy. It's a website called Sale Samurai that mines all of Etsy's shop and listing data so that you don't have to, thank you. <laughs> you can find out what keyword phrases are searched the most for every single niche and how many listings are using them so that you can understand how steep the competition is. That is so helpful. So within the program, you're able to see details like hundreds of other keywords you can use, what shops and listings are performing the best in your space, what the pricing competition looks like, and so much more. It's literally, literally a goldmine of information that will help you compete in the search results. So if you would like to get a sneak peek of exactly what Sales Samurai can do, why I love it so much, what makes it so powerful. I created a YouTube video that will give you that overview. So check that out. It will be linked in the podcast show notes for you. And so Sales Samurai is a very reasonable monthly membership that you're going to want to maintain because you're going to do this research constantly in your Etsy shop. And they have very generously given me a 20% off for life 
coupon code just for you guys. So you get to start with a free trial, but go through my link so that they'll give you that lower rate for as long as you stick with the service. We all need to save a few bucks here and there. So the code is how to sell your stuff. There's no spaces between the words and it's all lowercase. But of course, I will just link their site, the discount code and that YouTube mini tutorial for you all down in the show notes. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys to get your hands on this one. I'm obsessed with it. I literally use it every day. I use it with my clients. We help help them get the edge. And I just know how much it can help you with that SEO game. So I definitely encourage you to give it a try. In the coming months, I'm actually going to be interviewing an attorney who specializes in this stuff on the podcast. And we'll be able to get, I think, even more insight from her. So keep a lookout for that episode. She can help us out a lot. So number two, the second biggest reason that Etsy shops get shut down is like if you put any inaccurate personal information um, when you're creating your account, you know, such as your location or you change, you know, you've got your Etsy shop up, but you change where you're selling from and it doesn't match, you know, what your IP is reflecting. Um, or another thing is if multiple IP addresses access, access your account. So for example, um, be careful about having someone else log in as you into your Etsy shop and work on your Etsy shop. It's fine for them to look at it and give suggestions, but if they log in, like if you're pretty new, this can get you suspended. It kind of raises a flag. Um, although this one should be pretty easy to reverse, but you're going to lose several days. Number three, a really common one that I hear about is if you do anything that feels spammy to, to the bots at all. If you put up a ton of listings in one day, that can get you suspended. Um, if you use the copy listing feature over and over again in one session when you're logged into Etsy. So over time, this should ease up. You know, like I highly recommend the copy listing feature to keep things simple. Like I, I use it constantly. It's like literally my whole my whole strategy for keeping it simple. But I do hear that brand new shops are getting suspended if they do it a lot in one day. Um, so I don't have this down to a science or anything. Um, so I'm super sorry in advance if you follow any of my suggestions and you still get suspended. I'm, I'm doing my best. But I have been telling my clients, if you want to get a ton of work done in one day, use that copy listing feature and just keep the bulk of those new copy listings in drafts um, so they're ready to go. You don't have to do a ton of work. But then each day after that, activate one to three of them. Uh, that tends to work. And actually, to be honest, it's better for you in the Etsy algorithm if you're adding a few new listings every day anyway. They love that consistency. So little pro tip there for you too. I'm going to quickly run through the handful of other reasons that shops get suspended. And then I'm going to tell you exactly what to do if it happens to you. Okay. So stick with me for a few more minutes and I'm going to give you solutions. Um, these these next ones are going to be more of the operations type of reasons that shop get suspended, but I think they're very helpful anyway. Number four is an overdue Etsy balance. If you have got a past due balance, they will suspend you until it's paid. I have had that happen before um, when I forgot about it on vacation mode. It should come back on back up on its own, you know, within an hour or so of paying your balance, paying your invoice. Number five is if you're selling items that aren't qualified to be sold on Etsy, you can get you can get um, suspended for that. I'm not sure if you'd be able to get that one back. It would probably depend on how much of your shop was doing that. So Etsy began as a handmade pl platform, right? And it still has certain restrictions on what can be sold. So you can't sell just anything. You, you can't. You can sell handmade items. You can sell things that you designed, but someone else manufactures. However, to be compliant, you do need to disclose your manufacturing partners in your shop. And then you can sell vintage items that are 20 years old or older. 
So just to help you out there, you know, you can get in trouble if you're not following those guidelines. Number six, you can get um, suspended for disrespectful communication. Um, you know, if you're getting complaints or their customers are forwarding message to you from corporate that are not super professional. Number seven, you can get suspended for a high rate of buyer complaints. You know, if people are saying they're not happy with your product at a high level, that can get you in trouble. And number eight, um, for late shipping, oh, for the late shipping of your orders. So if you have a certain ship by date, you know, when the customer's expecting it and you're constantly going past that, they're really cracking down on that. That can get you in hot water. So that's the list. <laughs> um, as I have found it. Y'all DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email at lizziesmiley at yahoo.com. That's linked in the show notes. If you've discovered others and, you know, we can um, make extra notes in the show notes or something. I, I, I am not claiming to be the expert on this. I'm just giving you the best I've got. So let's dive into what you can do in the event of a suspension. First things first, do not panic. Um, unless you've been breaking trademark or copyright laws left and right, Many shops that get suspended by the automated bots, they can get back up and running within a few days. It's not bad at all. Uh, just a little annoying to lose the time, right? And then you're just, and then kind of like, well, why did this even happen? You know, the frustration. If you received an email from Etsy telling you why you were suspended, or if you just have like a partial suspension and there's maybe a red warning bar in your shop, the very best thing you can do is follow the Etsy link that they'll provide there. Uh, you know, it'll probably say something like, if you think this suspension happened in error, please click here, like that kind of thing. That's the best first step because it's connected to your account directly. It's connected to the issue of why they flagged you directly. I would do that first and give them two to five days to get you back on. Many times, honestly, that's all it takes and they will get you up and going again automatically. If you don't see any progress after five days or so, I would move on to this next step and send an email. So if you didn't get any kind of notification or you're coming from that last step, you should submit for a manual review, like right away via email. Um, just a note, if you were suspended for violating copyright and, or trademark laws and you know it, this is probably futile. <laughs> you can try it, but Suspension is sort of a last resort for Etsy, so you've probably crossed the line too many times if they've shut your shop down on that. Etsy's email address is integrity at Etsy.com. All of this, again, in the show notes, as always. Make sure that you email them there from the same email address that's connected to your Etsy shop. Don't be doing it from another email address you own. You want it to be connected. It's super, super important, you guys, that you keep your communication extremely respectful and professional if you want to get results here. Um, you'll for sure get more bees with honey than vinegar, <laughs> as the old saying goes. And they're, you know, they're just not tolerating the disrespect because they don't have to. So you can use this phrasing as a template to get you started. You know, something like, hi there, I'm reaching out today because I believe my store was shut down by an Autobot. I would like to request a manual review of my Etsy shop. Something as simple as that. And once again, give this at least three to five days. They're swamped over there, okay? They're, they're hitting them up again and again right away. It's not gonna make it resolve any faster. So let's give them grace. The more that we're kind, patient, and respectful, the better chance we have of getting the result that we want and getting our shop back. So wait a few days to hear back via email before you try calling them. Um, going through this course of action, I have heard, increases your likelihood of getting your shop back, kind of like following this chain that I'm giving you. But in a last-ditch effort, I have found a phone number for Etsy Corporate that can supposedly, I've not tested it because I don't have an emergency and I don't want them to get mad at me, but you can reach a human being if you need to. So do not abuse this, guys. <laughs> we don't want to lose this lifeline because we all bombarded them too much. 
Uh, again, it'll be in the show notes, but Etsy's phone number is 888-659-3879. And again, same kind of deal. You'll just let them know, hey, I think I got shut down by an Autobot. I would like to request a manual review of my shop. And they'll probably tell you that they're not going to do it with you on the phone. They'll probably be like, okay, we'll get, we'll let you know. And then get back to you in a day or two. And this typically, a human being looks at it and gets it sorted out for you. So we think. <laughs> A lot. How fast can I talk? See, if you've seen Gilmore Girls, you understand the value of fast talking. <laughs> but that's what I've got for you today, you guys. And as in um, most things, your best bet is to proactively avoid breaking guidelines and laws. <laughs> but if you do get shut down and you haven't done anything totally illegal, just be encouraged that lots of people are getting their shops turned back on um, again in just a few days. It shouldn't be too bad. And I know how scary and demotivating it can be. I mean, when I got that cease and desist from Lego, I <laughs> just I actually think shortly, shortly after that, I was a little bit of a rookie at the time. I actually turned my Etsy shop off for my principles or I like put it on permanent vacation mode because I had gotten so scared. I was like, I need to learn more about this. So I know it can be, but just keep your cool, stay patient, and hopefully we'll all be behind you soon. So I will see you guys again next week with another wonderful Etsy success story. These are my favorites and I know they're yours too. Until then, go make something awesome. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.